a series of lessons on Sunday morning called This is the Church. I'm excited about it because I just believe in us. I believe in this thing that Jesus died for, that Jesus came for, where Jesus said we found out for the last three weeks in Matthew chapter 16, where he actually said, I will build my church, that Jesus Christ is personally committed to this thing called the church, the called out and the assembled. That's what the church is, that we all, we all are not the church. We are a part of the church. Uh, he is the head we found out, and he's building this, so your life is always going to be built. Your life is always going to be under construction. We found out that this, this building process process will take revelation knowledge that God will keep revealing to you from the word of God who he is and now who you are you know again all throughout life all throughout our, our, our natural existence society our parents school tells us who we are uh, sometimes our feelings or emotions uh, tell us who we are generally not a good thing tell us who we're not really uh, and we were self-condemned a lot of times so how many know when we go to the word of God and we get revelation we get insight again the light comes on we get a chance to really see who he says we are and then if we'll just come we'll just come against those negative thoughts of what we feel like or what it doesn't look like if we'll just keep reminding ourselves who he sees us we'll become who he sees us like amen everybody so, so the church is just built on revelation. The church is con continually growing and moving. I want to encourage you, just get connected to the church. Get connected to just one another. Get connected to doing life together in small groups. And Brittany said a moment ago, coming through growth track, if you haven't taken that next step, jump on with us on August 4th as we just begin this just continual journey in your life. Just keep moving forward in the direction God has for your life. I'm excited about today because what I want to do is for the next three weeks, I want to look at something we looked at. I looked at my notes. I think it was about four years ago we talked about this. I'm constantly kind of reminded of this portion of Scripture, and it's not really a, a, a Scripture and a portion that you might read frequently. It's over in the book of Revelation. And really kind of the backdrop of what's going on is that the apostle John is the last living apostle. All the other guys, remember Judas hung himself and the other, the other 10 guys had already been mar martyred. And they couldn't kill John. They tried to kill him many different ways. And John was then exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And on the Isle of Patmos, he got the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ spoke to him. He saw a vision. He saw a dream. He saw some, some amazing things that are still going to be worked out in the very last of all last days. But, but Jesus talked to him specifically about these seven churches that were in that region around where John understood. They were in uh, the, the region of, of modern-day Turkey. And there were these seven churches. Some of y'all might remember some of the names, Philadelphia and Ephesus and Smyrna, and all these different churches, Laodicea. And Jesus had a specific word for each of those seven churches. But it's interesting that Jesus talked to John, and Jesus gave John the same word, the same word for each of the seven churches three times. The same exact word he said for the church at Ephesus, the church at Smyrna, the church at Laodicea, the church at Philadelphia, all those different churches, he said different things that were individual to that church. He gave most of them a commendation. He gave most of them, we would say, as something they need to change in their lives, in the church, not the building again, but the people, you and me, our lives, because something was going on in the culture that Jesus didn't want going on in their lives. Something was sneaking around in the culture that would then have emphasis in the church. And so Jesus talked about 
individual churches about an individual thing, but there were three specific things that every one of those churches got. And what I want to do for the next three weeks is I want to take those three things. They're very easy to read. They're very easy to think about because I really believe it's going to have lasting impact in your and my life as we'll just keep reminding ourselves if Jesus Christ told these seven churches the very three same things, then evidently I'm thinking he's probably telling Spectrum the very same thing. He's probably telling the, whatever the church, the Baptist church, the, 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 the Presbyterian church, the Lutheran church, the, the, the Pentecostal church, the Assembly of God. He's, he's telling all the churches, I believe, the very same thing. I, I think they have, they have uh, impact for our lives today. They, they did, you know, years ago when Jesus gave it to John, uh, specifically for those churches. It was a word for them 2,000 years ago about, but it's a word for us today. Here's the first one we're going to go today in no particular order. Here it is. You'll see it in seven churches. It says this, starting in Revelation 2 and in Revelation 3, seven times. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Come on, can you say that out loud with me? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, when you read that, you kind of go, why would Jesus say that? Evidently, I mean, there is no word that Jesus says, there's no word that's ever said to anybody in the scripture, no, no prophecy, no word of God that Paul wrote that's not impactful and doesn't have meaning. And so if Jesus is saying this to these seven churches, evidently this is something they needed to constantly be reminded of because if we don't, we're going to miss what he's really trying to say. So again, he who has an ear let him hear. You, you know he's not talking about physical ears. He's not talking about that at all. He's talking about something much deeper than that, that we all struggle with at times. Anybody beside me, uh, you know, that your wife or your, you know, the boss or somebody else is in another room and you can't quite hear them <laughs> and, and you've got to go to them or else they've got to come to you. And so we want to talk about that today. We want to talk about really how we can apply this in our life in a very practical way. What we're going to do is a moment, we're going to look at a couple scriptures from the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at a couple scriptures from Jesus' life, what he said, very important. Then we're going to go to an Old Testament scripture and we're going to look at what Samuel, a young guy, did when Jesus Jesus or when God was actually getting a hold of him and talking to him and how we can apply some specific things for our life. Come on, before we do, come on, bow your head. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we just pray from this scripture this morning that you're going to give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts so we can leave this place changed and we're going to give you glory in Jesus' name. Come on, you agree with that? Shout amen, amen, amen. So when we see from this scripture that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, so right off the bat, something that jumps off at me, maybe Will will have it on the screen for you, is that the Holy Spirit is always speaking to the church. He's always speaking. And by the church, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not just talking about the organization. I'm not ta necessarily talking about that a pastor is preaching, although there could have some emphasis there. Uh, but, but it's really to you specifically that the Holy Spirit, who is God, is always going to speak. He has always got something to say. We'll clarify that as we go through the message as well. So you, you are a part of the church. You, you are a part of this body. And so by reference, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He is always trying to, to give you a word. He's always trying to bring encouragement. He's always trying to bring direction. He's always, he could be trying to bring correction. He's trying to bring wisdom. He's trying to bring guidance. He's, he's trying to lead. He's always trying to do that. 
the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus was in the natural, in the flesh. Jesus would get in the boat with the disciples and say, let's go to the other side. And even though we know one time a storm rose up, it didn't mean Jesus was not in the boat. He was still in the boat. He was giving them direction. Sometime that Jesus actually looked at Peter and said, Peter, you're not being motivated by God. Get behind me, Satan. He's actually said, you know, Peter, you're, you're, you're kind of siding with the enemy right now, trying to correct the brother. The Holy Spirit is always going to speak to you, not for your detriment, but for your edification and your advancement and your spiritual growth. So listen, the Holy Spirit's speaking. He is speaking. He is speaking. Listen, and if you're there right now and you're pushing back in your chair saying, but he never talks to me. Listen, in the next couple seconds, do what we just said a moment ago, praying, open up your heart. Open up your ears. Open up your eyes. Because listen to me. He wants to talk to you. Can I get a better amen up in the house? Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. It says, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. A wise man will hear and increase. So this tells me that before there's going to be any increase spiritually, I am going to have to hear. I can't come into the Word of God. I can't come into a church service. I can't come into a small group. I can't come into my life spiritually. I can't, I can't come now as a person who's been doing this like a lot of you for years since I was 20 and maybe longer for you and kind of go, well, I've read that before. I've heard that before. That's not what it says. It says I got a, a, a wise man is going to hear, number one, an increase in learning. So, so if my learning is going to increase, if, if I'm going to be able to tackle things in my life in different seasons of my life, I cannot shut my ears down from the scriptures and from the knowledge of God's word. So, so again, the key, what we're finding out is that what kind of ear do you have? He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. What, what kind of ear do you have? Do you have an ear to hear? Or, or do we go into situations and we, and we shut our ears? I've done that. I've gone to, you know, to, to, to different situations and churches and what I'm just kind of go, oh man, here we go again. And just kind of like shut my ears down. And, 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 and it's, it, you're not getting any benefit from it. And the scripture is telling me, Gary, you're just not a wise man. Will you, will you open up your ears to counsel from the word of God? Peter actually says this in the second, I think it's second Peter. He tells the, the people he's writing to these different churches around Galatia. And he says, he says, I know I've told you this before, but I'm going to remind you again. I'm going to bring to your remembrance what I already told you. Anybody sometimes just need God to say again what he told you before? <laughs> he might not tell you something new, but he said, I need to remind you what I said. And so when we read the scriptures, we're being reminded again. And the, water, the, the, the seed is of the word of God is being planted in our heart. And then thank God we can ha keep having it being watered so it can produce the fruit we want. Amen, everybody? Uh, that's what we want. Uh, look, look what it says here in Proverbs 3, verse 6 in the Message Bible. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Wow. Uh, everywhere you go. L listen to God's voice. In, in everything you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. L listen for God's voice in your marriage. Listen for God's voice in your child training. Listen to God's voice in your career. Listen to God's voice as you're in school and campus. L listen for God's voice with your friends. I in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who's going to keep you on, on track. He's going to keep you on track. So if we'll just listen, if we'll just listen. And he says again, he that has an ear to hear, just let him hear. Let, 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 let him hear. 
what the Spirit is saying. And that, that, that word again is constantly speaking to your my life. Constantly wanting to have an emphasis and impact in your life right now, in every season of your life, concerning your will and your emotions and your intellect, and I'm not feeling real good, and, and this is going on, and my money, and what do you want to do? God, let him talk to you about every single thing. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Come on, in everything you do. A couple of thoughts, I think, that are important here concerning this is that listening, then, is going to involve your will. It's going to involve your will. And here's a thought, maybe. Come on, let's just say these last four words. I want to hear. Come on, I want to hear. Come on, anybody? I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. Uh, I would encourage you when you get up in the morning and you spend some time, maybe before you go to work or if you're in your car, but what, what, what your quiet time is, have some quiet time. Lord, I want to listen to you. If you're speaking, Holy Spirit, as, as the word says, Pastor Gary's telling me, if you're speaking, I, my, I want my will to line up with your will. I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about all these different areas of my life. I am open. I want to hear. But then also, listening is going to involve your heart. Listening is going to involve your heart. It's not just your will, but I believe it's your heart where you say, I want to grow. In other words, I want to change. I want to change. I want to, I want to hear with my heart. I want to grow. I want to change. I don't want to be the same. I, I, want to, I want to keep increasing. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to be old and cranky and nasty. I don't want to all of a sudden have, have faith and then not have faith. I don't want to be the believer. I don't want to be a non-believing believer. <laughs> I don't want to go to situations and go, that's impossible. God can't do that. God can't redeem that. God, God can't restore that. Because somehow, some way, I've shut my ears down to God being able to do impossible things. <laughs> or he's never done that before until now. I've never seen it. But that doesn't mean it can't happen for you. So I've got to keep hearing it. Listening is going to involve my heart where I want to grow. I want to change. I want to move from where I'm at to where I believe you want me to go. Look with me real quick to, to, to a scripture over in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 8, verse 16 through 18. It's a story, it's just a scripture here about Jesus when Jesus is actually talking with his disciples in the crowd. And it's interesting what he says and how he ties hearing with this first part. Read it with me. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who may enter may see the light. We would say this, in, in, in those days, you know, they didn't have, they, they had, you know, the candles and they had oil and it would light a room. Now, now, now we would say, uh, when, you have, when you light a lamp, look what he says, you don't cover it with a vessel, but you, put it, you don't put it under a bed, but you set it in a lampstand. We would say, uh, if you're in a room and you've got the, 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 the eight foot, nine foot ceilings, uh, you're going to put that light. We've got electricians. Eric's an electrician. And so when, when they make rooms and they, they do bedrooms and all the kind of rooms we have in the house, they dining room. They want to put the light right there in the middle so that when you turn that light on, it gives light to all the room. That's what Jesus is saying, if you will. Don't hide the light. Don't put the light down. Put it on a place where it can enlighten the entire room. Look what he says, verse 17. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Nothing hidden that will not come to known to the light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. What? 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 What are you talking about? You're talking about light. You're talking about lamps. You're talking about lampstands. You're talking about the entire room being bright. And then now you're talking about take heed how I hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever doesn't have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. What, what, 
What, what you talking about? Lighting the room and putting it in a vessel and not putting it under a bed, but putting it on a lampstand so it shows light in the whole house and, and nothing revealed and hidden that'll be revealed. And then all of a sudden you're talking about hearing? What are you talking about Jesus? Let me tell you what he's talking about. Look on the screen. How much light that comes to you is directly connected with how you hear God's word. I can't see. It's just like dark. It's like going through light. I can't get out. God says, turn the light of the word on in your life brighter. Turn it up a little bit. Come on, somebody. Turn it up a little bit. We've got a couple switches around here. One over here on your right, my left, one in the very back where it says reach one more. I don't know what kind of lights, what are those lights, Eric, that they go up the dimmer switch? We got a dimmer pack back there. And so actually the people who are here who try to get the ambiance in here, when I go in a room at my house, my kids will tell you, when I come in, the lights are on, baby. We're flipping everything on full, unless it's in the morning when I'm drinking coffee and I got a prayer time. Otherwise, I want the lights on. I want it bright. I want to see, right? But we got the people here, the, uh, the ambiance, the, 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 they're trying to set the mood. And so we bring the light down a little bit, right? We, we, we can slide that thing down. So Jesus says, in your life, you really do have a slider switch. You have a slider switch in your life that is letting light in your life or taking light out of your life. And it is called how much of the word of God is coming into your life that you are letting illuminate every single room in your life. Come on, everybody. He says, turn it up. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor. Say, turn it up. Turn up our light. Just turn it up. Turn it up. So, so, so how much light that comes to you is directly connected with how you hear. <laughs> how you hear. He who has an ear to hear, come on, let him hear. Come on, let him hear. I'm going to hear from your word. I want to grow in your word. So what Jesus says as a light, check it out, as a light, we put God's word front, center, and high. You put God's word in your life today. I, I can't hear. I, I, he says, he that has an ear to hear, you said to all them seven churches, I'm in the church. I'm not hearing nothing. It's like static. Mm. It's like nothing. It's like I'm on the wrong channel. Put the word of God high. Put it bright. Put it up in your life. In other words, read it. Get in it. It's going to illuminate your life where everybody can see it and you can see it too. Come on, I need some help this morning. Come on, everybody. Now, what Jesus said is something crazy here in verse 18. Uh, look, look at this again. Just Luke 8, 6, uh, 18. Back with New King James, Brendan. Help us out with that scripture there again. We had 16, 17, 18. Check it out. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Look at this. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Man, this don't, sound, this don't sound democratic. Whoever doesn't have, even what he seems to have is going to be taken away from him. Wow. Jesus. The head of the church, guys, says this. Hearing leads to having. Hearing, I, I'm, I'm not having what you say. Because you're not hearing what he has to say. You got to put it high. You got to light it up. You got to get your slider up a little bit. You got to press in a little bit more. You got to get praise and worship on your house. You, you got to control the environment. You, you, you got to make sure that everything around you is pointing. Maybe you need to shut off some stuff in your house and turn on God a little bit more. Come on, everybody. 
Hearing leads to having. Again, having what? Having more of God's word and his purpose and his will working in your life. So again, hearing God's word, Jesus says this, hearing God's word leads to hearing God's spoken word is what he's telling us. I, I, can't, I, I can't hear God. Well, he says, if you'll hear my written word, if you'll hear my written word, if you'll read my written word, if the written word will be front and center and high in your life, you're going to be able to hear my spoken word. So a question for you, a question for me would be, again, take heed how you hear. He says, how you hear. So how are you hearing? Are you hearing consistently? Are you hearing casually? Are you hearing regularly? Or is it just an occasional hearing of God's Word. You're opening up, you're opening up your Bible app, you're reading the Word, you're, you're in church, you're listening to a podcast, you're, you got some other preachers you're listening to, you got some good and you're just hearing the Word of God. Is it casual or is it consistent? Look what it says here in the Passion Bible, love it, the Passion Bible in verse 18. Check it out. Jesus says here, pay careful attention to your hearts as you hear my teaching. For to those who have open hearts, even more revelation is going to be given to them until it overflows. Wow. And those who do not listen with open hearts, what little light they imagine is going to be taken away. I hate this scripture, <laughs> but it's so true. It's just it's a word of God. Jesus, head of the church, saying this. Guys, the only way you're going to hear me is if you read the word. So Jesus says this. You hear, listen, with your heart. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You hear with your heart. You hear with your heart. Uh, there was one time, uh, I'm sure it was, it's just recorded once, but it, I would say it probably happened many times, uh, that Jesus was uh, uh, in a house, and the house was packed. People were trying to touch him, hear him. Uh, people were getting healed. It was a crazy uh, scenario. And Jesus' mom and dad were on the outside, and come on, they didn't have VIP seats, and so they were ticked. Come on. They, they, they couldn't get in. So somehow the word got to Jesus and said, you know, your mom and dad are outside. They're trying to get you. John actually says this. They thought Jesus was off the rails. They thought he was crazy. And they were trying to rescue him from being a little bit too self-absorbed. It's kind of crazy. And so Jesus actually says to the people there, he says, my, my mother and my brothers, he says, are those who hear the word of God and do it. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and those who do it. So again, what we find out from what Jesus says there in the scenario, not only directing to his mom and dad, but to everybody in the room, just like we'd say today to us, is that, is that listening to God has to lead to doing his will. So we're not just talking about listening and just getting some information, if you will. So look, hearing doesn't lead to information. Hearing isn't just supposed to be for information. Hearing is supposed to be for application. For application. I, 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 you know, I, listen to me. <laughs> I, I'm real kind of crazy in this side is that I, I've said this many different ways, you know, but before you export it, baby, you better import it. Before you try to tell me about what to do, is it working for you? Come on, is it working for you? I, 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 come on, I, I'm done. Hopefully you're done with armchair quarterbacks. I, if, if I'm going to some place and they're telling me, you know, you know like, uh, like I've got a money manager now, and so they're managing the money because I want my hands off and I want somebody doing it. But listen to me. I go to the money manager and I want to ask him, how much money you got? Because if you haven't gotten as much money as I got, I ain't going to give you my money. Come on, somebody. 
are you making money? Come on, are you, come on, are, come on. Are you, you know, you're talking to somebody and, 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 you know, for marriage counseling. Are you married? Well, I've been married and I've been divorced 17 times. Well, I'm probably not going to get counsel from you. Give me somebody who's imported it before you're trying to export it, right? <laughs> come on, everybody, right? Make it work, right? Make it work. So hearing isn't for information, but for application, Jesus said. Those, my, my mom and my dad are those who, my brothers and my sisters are those who hear the word of God and, and, and do it. Come on, and, and do it, and, and do it. So when we hear the word of God, we have to constantly ask ourselves, how can I make it work in my life? How can I apply it to my life? He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is saying to, saying to the church. So you're constantly talking to me about every area of my life, and I want to know. So that's why we got to have time alone with God consistently, regularly. I'm a real proponent of a fixed time because we all operate on schedules. Whatever your best time is, give God your best time. At the first of the day, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, whatever your best time is that you can hear God and you can lean in and you can open the word of God and you can spend time in prayer saying, talk to me, Holy Spirit. Huh? How many believe that would be something good to just say? Talk to me, Holy Spirit. What I want to do for the last couple of moments that we have together, I want to go to an Old Testament scripture. So if you've never read this before, take a couple thoughts down, a couple notes. I think it's going to help you. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, it's a story of Samuel who is going to become one of the greatest prophets, if not, one of the, not the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. But he was actually trained and he served under Eli, and Eli was not serving God at the time. Him and his sons, the nation of Israel was away from God. And here's how 1 Samuel actually kind of starts out. It says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was no widespread revelation. The nation of Israel had gone away from God. The priests weren't serving God. They were doing crazy stuff. God had kind of backed off them because they were just in rebellion. And the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel was really in a free fall. But even though it's in a free fall, God still wasn't in a free fall. And God's going to talk to a person. Come on. God's still going to have emphasis. And God's still going to have greatness in somebody's life if they're going to have ears to hear. Amen. And so this guy that's born named Samuel, his mama cried out to him. She was childless and God opened up her womb and she gave this boy back to God. And this guy became one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the, the church historian Josephus says that Samuel was about 11 years old. The Bible doesn't say this. It says that when he was weaned, and most theologians don't believe that that means that he was off his mother's breast milk. It just means he was of age, and, and he was actually brought to the temple. She said, God, you give me a male child, I'm going to give him back to you. And God God did it. And she was a, a God-honoring woman, and she brought him to the temple. She brought him to church, we would say, and said, Prophet e or, or Priest Eli, he's yours. I'm lending him to God. God's going to use him in a mighty way. And sure enough, God did. But, but I want to talk to you here, and we're going to see four specific things about listening and about hearing. I think that's going to help us all. So, so check it out. First thing I want you to see today is that if you're going to be, if you're going to hear, if you're going to hear, if you're going to hear point number one, uh, you, you got to be near. If you're going to hear, you got to be near. You just got to be near. And here's the scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. It says, then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel said, 
here I am. Now, now listen, I don't know, and I, I'm, I'm thinking it probably was, I'm thinking this was an audible voice. God really doesn't speak audibly anymore. He can, but the way he speaks to you is in your heart. We'll talk about that in a minute. This is in the Old Testament. How God did things in the Old Testament isn't necessarily how he does it now. But he's lying down, and he hears a voice, and he hears this young boy, hears this voice, and he, he, he hears God talking to him. <laughs> he hears God talking to him. And he says, here, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. But the thought I want you to see is that this little phrase, it says, Samuel, that he was lying down in the house of the Lord near the ark of God. The ark of God in the Old Testament represents God's presence. It represents where God was and where God is. Everywhere the ark of the covenant went, uh, you know, the way they carried it into battle, God would rout the enemy. And so it's really interesting how the scripture says this, that he was in the temple, but he was near, lying down, where the ark of God was. So, so, so again, by way of reminder, if you're going to hear, you just got to be near. You got to be near. You got to be near the word of God. You got to, listen, you got, you got to come to church. You got to, I would encourage you, get in a small group. You, you, you just, you, you got to get with good friends. You got to, again, put some godly music on where you can keep being near to God. Come on, am I talking to the right people today? Come on, James 4.8. Y'all know James 4.8, draw near to God? Come on, James 4.8, draw near to God and he'll what? He'll, he'll, he'll draw, draw near to you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That's what he said he's going to do. So, so listen, proximity determines the probability to hear. Proximity determines the probability to hear. <laughs> proximity. I'm not hearing God. Get closer. Get nearer. Get nearer to the word. Press in a little bit deeper. Get around some people going to build you up where, where evidently what they're hearing, you can start hearing. You know, my, my son, when, uh, Jude, when, uh, is uh, going to be finishing up and be a Spanish major here at San Diego State here this next, coming up this, this fall. And so part of the course curriculum, if you're going to be a, 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 a speaker of a different language at San Diego State and what they do with their curriculum, you have to actually go to a different country of origin that speaks that language because they want you inundated with, if it's Spanish, in the Spanish culture where you're hearing Spanish at the school, all your friends are talking Spanish everywhere around you go to eat it's people are come communicating you in that language where you get accustomed to hearing it and you get accustomed to speaking it it's a whole lot easier than if you're home just by yourself trying to look at something on a computer come on everybody I know we want the quick fix, but sometimes you just got to inundate yourself and so if, if you're having trouble hearing God I can't hear you yet yeah, I believe I believe you do and I know you do God, I, I believe, I see the scripture, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, but I'm not here. Then inundate yourself in the kingdom of God culture. And you can start hearing. Number two, knowing the word of God reveals God's voice. Knowing the word of God, knowing the word of God is going to reveal God's voice. Look what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered and said, Here I am. So he calls him, Here I am. And, and, and he ran to Eli. So, so God called him, but he ran to Eli. And he said, Here I am, and you called me. But Eli, the priest, said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So, so Samuel went and laid down again. And again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and he went to Eli. And he said, Here I am, you called me. 
my son Eli, and I says, I didn't call you, but go back, lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet not been revealed to him. Hadn't been revealed to him. Interesting. God's talking. We would, I, I'm thinking audibly. It's so loud. He thinks it's Eli, and he runs to Eli, and he goes, you called me? And he says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he goes back to bed, and God says, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up, and he says, Eli, you called me? And he says, no, man, go back to bed. And the scripture says, the word of the Lord hadn't been revealed to him. The word of the Lord hadn't been revealed to him. The light wasn't high, wasn't bright, wasn't up, that would illuminate the whole house where this guy, this young man, could actually hear. Jesus says something interesting in John 10. The sheep hear his voice. If you're a sheep, he says you hear. You have the ability to hear. When he calls his own sheep by name, he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus says, you will know the voice of the Father, and you will also not follow the voice of a stranger. If it's your flesh, if it's the enemy, if it's whoever, if it's an emotion, if it's a feeling, if it's a demonic thought, I will not follow that. I know my Father's voice. Come on, third thought. Isaac, come help me, brother, will you? Listening requires removing distractions. Listening requires removing distractions. Uh, Michael's here, my eldest son. We've got two grandkids that are with us. House is very active, praise the Lord. Four and a half, two and a half or so, and it's active, right? And so we've got toys everywhere. We've got movies on. We're just, having, just doing life, right? And dad will be in there going, Madison or Major? And, uh, yeah, Madison, Major, let's go sit down. It's going to be dinner time. Just so many distractions, everything around, right? Distractions. Same way for you. Same way for me. Listening requires removing the distractions. Here's what it says. 1 Samuel 3, 8, 9. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, and he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli the priest realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down. Go lie down. Go lie down. Maybe, I just sense right now, maybe this is the word for you today after an hour and 15 minutes in church. What you need to do today and what you need to do this week is you need to go lie down. You need to get away from Netflix. You need to put your phone down. You need to shut the noise in your life. You need to get alone. You need to find a place. You need to go take a walk, go out the lake, go on the park, get alone by yourself in the car. You need to put on some music, godly music. You need to get your Bible. And you just need to be still and say, God, talk to me. I need to hear from you. 
if you're always speaking to the church, I'm in the church. I need you to talk to me about the direction of my life, what I'm to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I need you to talk to me about my marriage. I need you to talk to me about my raising my kids. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Talk to me about my money. I'm, it's, it's crazy. I'm out of control. Talk to me. Talk to me. Psalmist said this in Psalm 20, 23. Y'all know it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Come on. He leads me beside still waters. He restores, come on, say it with me, my soul, my soul. I like what it says. He, 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 he makes me to lie down. He makes me, make, makes me, makes me, makes me lie down. Because he wants to lead me. He wants to restore me. He, there's no restoration of soul until I lie down. I lie down. I get quiet. I get alone. I believe that maybe this is a key for a lot of us, that really a restored soul is necessary for accurate hearing. A restored soul, because I'm hearing through the filter of my emotions and my intellect and my feelings and what hasn't worked and all the scenarios going on around. It's been damaged, and so God... Uh, he makes me lie down. So I got to remove all the distractions. I just got to get alone. Got to get by myself and just tell your husband, tell your wife, tell whoever it is. I just, 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 just give me 15 minutes. Just give me 15 minutes. <laughs> got to be, be by myself. And so that, that's why I'm real, a real proponent of finding what works in your schedule so that you can have that alone time because, because you need it so you can hear. You need it for you and you need it for your family. You need it for your career. You need it for the people around you. Amen, everybody? Amen. Come on, one more thought here. Just, just, just in that moment, just, just be open for God to talk to you. Just, just be open for God to talk to you. I, I, I know we should think that, and, but sometimes I, I go to, listen, honestly, sometimes I'm alone with God, and I've got my Bible, and, I'm, and I've got my list, man. I've got my list. I, I've got my list, and I'm just praying, and I'm a rat-a-tat-tat, and I'm like a machine gun to God. Bada 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 bada. You know what I mean? Like God, you got to do. God, you got to do. And bada da 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 da. And I'm praying in tongues, and I'm pleading, and I'm and I'm. And then pretty soon, I'm I'm sure God's probably looking at me, kind of going, "Will you just shut up a minute? Let me restore your soul. Come on, <laughs> just quiet down here, son. I got this for you. And I I believe in petitions, and there's a place for all this. But but just be open for God to talk to you. Here's a thought. 1 Samuel 3, 9 and 10, Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, if God calls you, just, just say this. Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. Come on, can we say that? Speak, Lord, for, for your servants listening. How about we say that, right? Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord, the Lord came hmm, and stood there, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. He was open. To see, I understand it's not Eli, it's you. So, Lord... Speak, I'm open. And God started communicating to Samuel and told him some amazing things, amazing things. Um, let me just read you this, this quote I read. It's, uh, uh, this wasn't new to me. I found it. I thought it was brilliant the way it was written because it was written exactly what I wanted to say to you in conclusion. Look on the screen. Almost every leading, almost every leading we will receive in everyday life will be a prompting, an impression, a thought, 
and inward witness or leading from our spirits. The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirits and our spirits prompt or enlighten our minds. Here's how we hear. We hear with our heart, the ear of our heart, a prompting, an impression, a thought, a witness, a leading. Don't do that. Do this. Many, many times it's not, it's not like you're reading a book. God, a lot of times God's not talking to you like you're reading a book. Sometimes he is, but it's just, I, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and, and he gives you peace and he talks to you about certain things. Just right here in your heart, communicating with you. A prompt. Light shines up. As you take the word of God and put it front and center and high, all of a sudden you start hearing things you've never heard before. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. The Spirit is always speaking. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is actually going to show you and tell you things to come. We're not always caught off guard. You're not caught off guard. So it's, I want to hear. I want to grow. I want to apply. And it's not just for hearing. It's for application. So before there's increase, oh God, increase my hearing. Hearing. I want to turn the light brighter and brighter. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, bow your head. Father God, today, we're, we're saying we're humble. We're hungry. We need to hear you. We need to hear you. Time is this, Father. Many of us in time of decision and what do I do and how do I go from where I'm at? So many opportunities, so many decisions, some of it not as critical as others, but critical nonetheless. So Father God, I'm praying that this week, as we find time alone with you, you're going to speak to us in a very real and a very practical way. We pray that you would illuminate our hearts and illuminate our minds and even though there might be many in the room tonight and this more this morning that feel like we've been exiled on an island all alone like John. Yet Jesus, you came to that brother and you spoke to him. And he got the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father God, reveal Jesus Christ to us, the church. His will, his purpose, his plan, his call, his assignment, his direction. Father God, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven in our lives. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Come on, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around, give everyone the right to privacy. If you're here today, we always give you an opportunity to respond to the message, which would be making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you're here today and you've never made him Lord of your life, we're not talking about joining a church or taking Holy Communion or even getting water baptized. We're talking about you surrendering your life to the one who is, who was, and is to come. We believe from the scriptures that he is God. He is Lord. He's God in the body. He's God in the flesh. Jesus came and he proved it by being resurrected from death.